What is going on? Welcome back to another episode of The Music That Saved Me. This episode, you know, is going to be legit content because I'm not using a $30 Logitech Xbox 360 controller to navigate through the episode. Too soon? That's that's okay. Extremely, extremely too soon. No, okay. Well, but I dig it. Uh, we is that a true con- story? That's a true. Story. I, I oh, read yeah. that, but I wasn't sure yeah. if it was true or not. Yeah, yeah. No, if you if you Google it, you gotta uh, be kidding me. There's actually a CBS more uh, Sunday morning interview with Stupid. the the head guy, and he basically shows like the stuff that he got off of Amazon and tractor supply. And that's insane uh, because like the controllers supplies. that I use for my my PC are more expensive than that. Like the, mm-hmm. like somebody spilled coffee on the B button and it stuck. And then they, they slammed into something is what happened. That's uh, yeah. Unfortunately. Pretty much. So uh, we are continuing the network recordings. I need to come up with a better name than network recordings. Like the, um, the, I don't know. I'll come up with something better than the network recordings, but we're going with that right now. So uh, this is episode two of the network recordings. Um, go back in your favorite podcast platform and go check out episode one was with our very own uh, Mr. Dan Haas. So that is uh, that is a doozy. That is a long one. Be prepared to just, there's just so much to absorb in that episode. I don't want to do it a disservice by trying to summarize it, but I digress. Anyway, so. Next up on our host list, right here from the Fourth Wall Pop Network, uh, somebody that I just recently met, have definitely not known him a long time at all. Um, so I'm going to allow you to introduce you. Um, tell us a little bit about you, name, stuff like that. What's up, party people? It's me. It's me. It's JVG. Wow. <laughs> Wow, just straight up stole just, like the initials and everything. He's not gonna hear this anyway, so it doesn't matter. You'd be surprised. Bam. Yeah, that's right. I took your intro, Bones. Uh no, this is not the, the infamous uh Johnny Bones. This is Johnny G, you know, the dad bot extraordinaire, uh co-host of uh the smoking jays. And um happy to finally be on my first episode here of uh, the music that saved me. Sorry, it's taken so incredibly long to get here. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. Um, you yes. know, they say good wine, stuff like that. The longer it ages, the longer it takes, yes. the better it is. So um, so I'm assuming you are familiar with what we are here to talk about. So let's just let's just dive right into it. Let's go square into the the middle of the pit if you will um so first question and just a heads up in advance i like to explain out every question so yes just what i do but tell me your first vivid memory of a song or artist or album tell me that time where the first time you vividly remember walking through a room or a hallway or something like that. And a certain song or artist or album came on and it made you stop dead in your tracks and say, Oh, okay. Wow. What is that? 
Man, I don't. That's a good one. I mean, I should have cheated. I should have asked you for the Cliff's Notes version of this before I before we started. That's just unfair. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I'll go back as early as I'm sure there's one earlier than this, mm-hmm. but I'll go back um, as early as I can remember uh, being a kid. I'm talking, I don't know, maybe I was five, six, seven years old, and I was on a job with my dad. And there's a couple songs that they kind of all go together, but um, mm-hmm. he used to listen to, you know, like what we consider now classic rock radio. Oh, and um, I can vividly remember uh, singing along with him to um, Dirty Deeds, mm-hmm. but um, Good one. as a child, and it, and it probably took me way longer than I'm willing to admit uh, to realize that it was not Dirty Deeds and the Thunder Chief. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were one of those. Yeah. I was one of those. I was probably like, I don't know, whenever lyrics became readily available on, you know, online, you know, or on your phone or like lyricabc.com as we used to like, you know, go through in college. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember reading along it and being like, Dirty Deeds done dirt cheap oh okay <laughs> all right way yeah. off wow was way, way off. off so um yeah dirty deeds i would say um some uh some of the you know the popular cranberry songs um aerosmith was a big one and um my father's a contractor and he did some work for a late 80s uh, hair band you may have heard of them uh skid row Mm. Um, so, so, so listening to the, some of that, uh, as a kid, uh, Van Halen was always popular oh, in, in my house, yes. um, in the car ride on the way to work with my dad. Um, so, so that kind of stuff, I'd say the, the one song though, that I was obsessed with as a child uh, for whatever reason was, uh, Kokomo by the beach boys. Okay. And That's I understandable. Don't know where it came from or whatever, but I believe that was my first cassette, my first audio cassette that was wow. given to me as a gift by my grandmother. And I can't remember if it was Christmas or in my Easter basket or something along those lines, but it was the cocktail soundtrack, um, which featured Kokomo. Mm-hmm. And I played that over and over and over. I, I think I still have the cassette somewhere um, and it does work. And last I had checked. But it's Ladies in a box and gentlemen, storage, uh, yeah. if you don't know what a cassette is or yeah. how to operate the cassette, you're you, you're too young for him. Though. Yes, too young. Um, so Kokomo it was good, and that's what kind of got me into the Beach Boys. And then in the same time period, um, the same time period, I received uh, Aerosmith big ones. Wow. Um, great album as uh i think that was my it was either my first or second cd offspring smash i thought was my first cd but it, it, it's one or the other uh but but aerosmith big ones um who coincidentally happened to be my first concert and that was like my 12th birthday uh, present nice 
Uh, I think I answered like six questions in one there, but yeah. Do you remember who the opening band was? I do. For, who was the opening band? I do. It was Candlebox. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took me like, I had, I can't remember now. I'd have to go back and look, but I, I did have to Google it. I did it recently, as a matter of fact, you know, a few months ago. So I was curious as to what birthday that was for me. And it was around like, you know, 12, 13, but it was, uh, it was Candlebox uh, and Aerosmith. And I want to say it was at the old Continental Airlines Arena. Wow. Yeah. See, I saw, I saw Aerosmith. God, PNC Art Center. Mm. Um, my one cousin had, he was maybe 17, 18. And he's a few years older than I am. So that should put things in perspective. And the opening act at PNC, that show was Fuel. Mm. Mm. Great, great show. Well, oh, yeah. anyway, I digress. That's completely <laughs> off topic. But um, so. Nine Lives Tour, here it is, 1997. Actually, that might have been. Did that stop in? Did that stop in? Uh, PNC or did it only go to Continental? Uh, let's take a look. So it would have been, I don't know if it was named PNC, it would have been the Garden State Arts Center then. Um, yes. But let's take a little, little look see. They played in Hershey, NYC at Madison Square Garden. Did we go to the Garden? Maybe it was the Garden. No, I could have swore it was East, East Rutherford. Um, it could have very well been the Garden, though. Which, by the way, 97, I was graduating. We were graduating middle school in 97. Yes, we were. It was eighth grade. So how old were we? Yeah, about about 13, 13, 14. So it was a little older than I thought. Two times Uh, four. So this had to be, this has got to be wrong. No, this is definitely wrong. Yeah. Because. I want to say. I got the tickets for my birthday. I don't know. Camden. That doesn't make sense. I'll have to go back and look. But yeah, it was around that time frame. Uh, but it was the definitely the Nine Lives tour. Mm-hmm. And um, and let's see. Candlebox. Yeah, so they 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 did a lot, but Candlebox um, Fuel was another one that opened for them at one point. The Black Crows opened for them at, at one point. Brian Adams. I, I've always wanted to see Brian Adams live. I love Brian Adams as a kid. Summer of 69. That's another one. I, to answer your question, was it like, um, I don't know the name of the album. It might just been Brian Adams. It might have been self-titled. But Summer of 69, Hot Legs, you know, all those um, classics from Brian Adams. My mom loved Brian Adams. And um but uh, is one of your questions favorite song? Uh, there, there's some questions that that sort of dabble in that. Okay. So we'll get there. All right, I'll wait on that then. So, uh, also side note: Just Push Play tour, uh, August sixth, nineteen ninety seven, New York City at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. August tenth, nineteen ninety seven, Holmdel PNC Bank. Well, what is now known as the PNC Bank Art Center. So that very well could have been that tour. 
uh, opening acts included Shed 7. I don't know who that is. Kula Shaker, which I've only known that name from like a random soundtrack. Three Colors Red, Johnny Lang. Marry, Marry Me Jane talk show, Days of the New. Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Space Hog, Monster Magnet, Fuel, Fighting Gravity, Seven Mary Three, Candlebox, The Afghan Wigs, Black Crows, Lenny Kravitz, Brian Adams, Stereophonics, Skunk, Anansi, Ministry, <laughs> and Guano Apes. Interesting. Mm. Totally beelined off topic, but that's what we do Completely. here. So that's how we roll. What is your go-to song or album? So regardless of what mood you're in, be it up, down, left, right, happy, sad, angry, um, just want to go sit in the closet with the lights off for a couple hours to decompress, is there a go-to album that no matter what mood you're in, like you know how if you're up, this album suits you. If you're down, Mm -hmm. this album suits you. That album that, regardless of where you're at, that album always suits you. Do you have one of those? Um, I wouldn't say album. Okay. I would say nowadays it's uh, like playlist. Right. So I'll open up YouTube music and I'll usually put on, I would say the, if I had a, if I had to pick one, mm-hmm. I would say, um, that would be the I would, premise of the, I, I, the show. I would just, yes. I would just, pick, I would say blink 182, um, radio. Okay. And, and that would take me back to that era of good Charlotte, some 41 SR 71, um, bowling for soup, you know, all those like pop punk ish uh, type bands. I wasn't into like punk punk, you know, um, like, you know, Black Flag or any of them, but, um, but I would say those, you know, mainstream type uh, pop punk bands, uh, Simple Plan, that genre of music, I feel like really gets me, you know, like if I'm doing stuff around the house, if I'm, um, I don't know, it sounds weird, but I feel like if I'm doing the dishes or I'm cleaning or, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm out, if I'm out riding, you know, going for a, a walk or I'm riding my bike or working out or something like that, I really get fired up with that, with that genre. Um, so if I had to pick one, that would probably be it. I had, as a kid, my go-to is always like Metallica. I mean, to fall asleep, I'd wake up to Metallica. I'd fall asleep to Metallica. Wow. Um, yeah, it was like weird. I couldn't, find, but here's a weird, the weird, more weird thing was that like, if I wasn't falling asleep to Metallica, I was falling asleep to smooth jazz. I know they're like right in the same ballpark. Hmm. Um, yeah. But I would adjacent. Yeah. I'd pop on uh, an old New York radio station, CD 101.9 and they played smooth jazz. Um and it was glorious, but if it wasn't smooth jazz and it was, it was Metallica, but my, my go-to is going to be in that pop punk era. And, and I would say maybe a one, a, if, you know, cause I don't think it's a, you know, a two, but my alternate to that would be like the new metal 
the, the old school Lincoln Park, um, your your Limp Bizkit, your Corn, and then that whole generation of music, Disturbed, the old Trust Company, um, you know, uh, some Hoobastank, you know what I mean? Like that, that genre is never going to die for me. That's probably... Yeah. I would say it's probably my favorite genre of music. You know, it, those two are like one and one a, um, they are my constant go-tos. And then, you know, I definitely have a couple of go-to bands breaking Benjamin, uh, is probably by far, um, with, uh, with Lincoln park, my top two favorite bands. I, I would say if I had to put them in order, no particular order, I'd go like, you know, breaking Benjamin, Lincoln park, blink, um, Metallica is probably in there. And then, um, like corn, like old corn, um, you know, and, and, uh, I don't know, I, some skid row, I have a soft spot for skid row, late eighties hair band, like a guns and roses type feel, but yeah, those would be like my go-tos. Okay. So, well, that's, that's a very, that's a hard segue to, uh, (laughs) Hmm. We'll come back to that. Well, you kind of did. You kind of did discuss when you discovered the Sounder album. Yeah, sorry, it um, was East Rutherford Continental Airlines Arena, and he, at, in East Rutherford is twelve twenty seven of nineteen ninety eight. Wow. The concert, the Nine Lives Tour concert. They did multiple legs of it. this tour was huge. This tour was it spanned over like two and a half years. Good lord! Yeah, they did a North American leg, a Japan leg, European leg, the North American two leg. Jesus. Yeah, I mean they toured for years. It's insane. Oh yeah, and then they jumped over to Asia, North America, Japan. and then they wrapped it up Good. in Rome, New York, with Woodstock '99. Oh, could you but, imagine? But then that got canceled. In in <laughs> that uh, yeah. Steven Tyler suffered a cruciate knee ligament injury after dropping the microphone stand on his knee. Okay. Imagine you uh, going on tour for three years and then you're going to headline Woodstock and you, you cancel it because you dropped the microphone stand on your knee. So like that's, how about I mean, it's not even a cool story. In anyway. the North American two leg, which was basically a bunch of shows in April of 98. And Mm. then they did a random June, June 29th, 1998 Mm -hmm. at Cape Canaveral. Canaveral. That's highlighted actually for the Armageddon premiere. That's cool. Wow. That's cool. You know, what's cool is that I just realized, and I, I probably knew this and forgot, but that, that, um, that concert, the night I went was actually on my dad's birthday, which is really cool. So they were probably going and then they got an extra ticket for me for my birthday as like, say, and then we, we brought one of my, this is right. I feel like this is, we, we knew each other then, you Mm -hmm. know, we were definitely friends. Um, I went up bringing my one friend, Chris, the kid I grew up with. Right. And uh, I don't know if you remember that. We went to, we went to one or two concerts together. Yeah, just a couple. Just a couple. But anyways, I didn't mean to bring it all the way back to the beginning. But I had to make sure that I knew that that was the answer. So, <laughs> now now we get we get into like a couple of easy layups. Okay. And then layups. before we really ratchet it up to 10. So, 
closet song. So that song mm-hmm. that you wait until everybody leaves. Oh, you're going to kill me with this. And you're sitting at home by yourself and you're like, wait, let me make sure. Okay. It's Do I have to answer this question? No, hundred percent. No, you can't get away. Nope. This is a fantastic nope. question. Mm. Oh man. Those are the only questions that I ask. Come on now. Jesus. Fuck. Oh man. All right. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, that happened. Just Taylor wait. Swift. Oh. Taylor Swift. Here we go. Uh, love story. I think that's the name of it, anyways. The Romeo and Juliet. I, I wouldn't be able to argue you because I. <laughs> if Emily heard Taylor me Swift. say this, she'd fucking lose her mind. She'd be like, I fucking knew it. You were Swifty. No. So, um, how this started for me. Mm-hmm. was I was never into really into Taylor Swift. Like I, in fact, it was up until recently that there were songs that I found out that she's saying that I knew and I heard that I never knew were sung by there were, she was the artist. Um, we you know, whatever, but Emily is a huge Taylor Swift fan. She went to two concerts recently, took the, uh, Bella. Um, so that was like a big deal, but, um, some time ago when this song came out, I was doing like a side job. I was, I was, I was actually, I was driving up and down the turnpike going in and um, pretending to be, you know, was, I was doing like the, uh, you walk into a gas station and try to buy cigarettes and they would have mm-hmm. to, to see whether or not they carded you. If they carded you, then, you know, cause you looked under the age of 30 or whatever that you, you would give them a green card and it's like an inspection, but if they didn't card, you would get a red card. You have to report it. And then they would get like a, a fucking, I don't know, some kind of citation or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, so this song. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a love story. So this song came out like right around when, when I was doing that. And, um, I had all day and I don't know I was in some kind of mood and the song came on and it just the way it hit and I probably rewound it. Trying to think what platform I was listening on. I think it might've been Sirius satellite radio. I don't know. But anyways, I listened to it on repeat probably for an hour and I, I screamed the lyrics uh, in my car, I was, you would have thought it was like a fucking hate breed song <laughs> the way I was mm. rocking out to Taylor Swift's uh, love story. So that would probably be like my most embarrassing closet song um, that immediately, immediately comes to mind. I'm sure there's a couple others, but that's the one that you're going that, to admit that's, to. That's probably the one I'm, I'm going to go to. <laughs> okay. Um We'll go with the layup number two, most hated music. Now, oh. be, while you why while you process this, it's gonna be tough. Actually, you'll have to go back through the episodes of the music that saved me, both you and the listeners. But had some very interesting responses to this. Some very interesting responses. Music Not to set the bar too high. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like. Um... This is a really tough question to answer because I've changed, you know, with music as as I've gotten older. 
Um, when I was younger, I used to hate country music, hated it. Mm. Um, but now I love it. Uh, certain, certain things, there's certain country songs that I'm not into like, or, mm. or artists I'm not into, but the genre itself, I really enjoy it. I love a number of artists. Um, I've become more appreciative of music over the years. I was really strictly like rock alternative growing up, um, did and would not listen to rap. Mm-hmm. Um, also another closet song would probably be material girl, but that's in, I digress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was, my, I was just thinking back to my you know, childhood. I would scream that song in my, in my room, but, um, I'd also scream beastie boys and whatever, but, um, so like, I don't know, I was more like rock alternative growing up. And then I, I hated rap, hip hop, um, country. And then as I got older, um, started getting a little bit more into the hip hop. Um, I would say, I would say if I had to pick two genres that at one point in time, I absolutely hated, I would say boy bands. So mm. like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, 98 Degrees, New Kids on a Block, all that shit. Couldn't fucking stand it. And I think it was mainly because of everybody else loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially all the girls. Everybody had their new kids on a block lunchbox. And everybody, be, you know, was obsessed with um, freaking uh, Justin Timberlake and all them then. And I couldn't stand Justin Timberlake. Oh, my God. I couldn't stand him. Um and, he and then sexy back he did and then i kind of got into him when he went solo i think that's what turned it around for me um because he went he went solo and then i took somebody to see him in concert and pink opened up and those were two artists i would like you wouldn't ever see me paying to go see live and it was an incredible show i mean it totally flipped me almost instantaneously. And the respect I had for JT was because like he, that dude plays so many instruments, like the, the level of talent um, Mm -hmm. is amazing. So that was kind of when I started, you know, really appreciating it. And I was in probably my early twenties when that happened. And then I, and then pink, and then that kind of got me listening to not actively, but like being more open to like the Katy Perry's and, I used to love uh, Gwen Stefani. So, of course, I was obsessed with No Doubt for a little while. And then, you know, she went solo and then, you know, Black Eyed Peas because, you know, that bump, that lovely lady mm. hump. Mm. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how that all sort of transitioned. And then I started really appreciating all those other genres. And I was I, I loved Eminem when he came out. And that kind of got me into the hip hop that I hated when I was younger. Um, but I was very, still very selective with rap. I would say now anything like Cardi B or like really like, um, I'm not, I'm still not, I'm like, just still not really into, I don't even know what to call it. Um, Maybe it's not really hip hop, but like just like that street thug, like um, the rapping about cars and money and hoes and shit, you know, mm-hmm. like I like I like the kind of rap that, that shows like lyrical genius type shit um, that tell a story. Uh, I'll just say it, Eminem. Like I love I love Eminem and like that whole branch, the D12 and 50 and um 
I even got into TI really for, for a bit. Um, but it never really went much beyond that. I was still always true to the, to the rap rock. And then I started appreciating, like when I started listening to country, I started appreciating more bluegrass and like banjo type music. Like I listen to the strings. I like instruments and I like, I'm, I'm interested in what like instruments can do and the sounds that they give off. And, just a greater appreciation for music as time has gone on because like for every mood, there's a different genre. I feel like I, I sort of gravitate towards, but hmm. yeah, I'd go okay. with like the Cardi B, like the, 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 like the type of music that takes no fucking talent to create is that is the music that I fucking can't stand. And I, it, it, and it's a bitter thing because there are millionaires out there you know, these people are making millions, millions of dollars off of these songs that have five words and there's just a beat behind it, you know, but it's got clicks and it's got, you know, whatever streams. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it's catchy. So it has a beat, but it's right. But it took no, it took like, I want to say not no effort, like to create music, no whether, yeah, but right. I mean, whether you're creating music on a sheet or like the old days or, you know, and you're right, actually writing it or it's all trial and error in some kind of tunes lab, touch lab thing. Um, it, it's all takes talent, but mm. I don't know. Like when, when I put something that like Cardi B puts up there versus something that um, maybe Eminem puts up there or, um, or like queen, um or or you know van halen you know when you think about like the the guitar solos and the music in behind that and then like let's not even that like what about like classical you know beethoven and like that kind of shit you know um that's talent symphonies creating symphonies orchestras working with a dozen instruments on a on a, that's talent anybody could put beats together and cut and paste and edit if you took the time, but to actually hear and listen and feel it on the sheet. Um, I don't know. That's my opinion. Totally accept that. Totally accept that. Um, okay. Now, now it's, now you're going to put some work in. You ready uh -oh. to put some work? Yeah. yeah. Here we go. It's taking the gloves so off. Initially it was one, but I've been, generous lately and i've been giving three so three bucket list concerts if time Oof. money all of that were not a factor so if we take the when it happened or how much it costs to get into the show or any of those factors that under normal circumstances would have prevented you from being there top three bucket list concerts all time number one um number one hands down would have to be blinken park um mm -hmm. i had tickets to see that show i was sitting there in my work truck you know parked head on uh overlooking a lake eating lunch might have been a late lunch but i was taking a break Mm -hmm. And I was a week away from the show and I got either a text or a call from you. And I just was like, you're fucking kid. Like, there's no way that's just, this is true. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't believe you. I was so mad. And I was mad because Linkin Park was one of those bands that got me through a lot of shit in, in like end of high school and, um, and early college. Like that was my go-to for years, I think for both of us. Um, and so I was really looking forward to that show. Cause that was two of my favorite bands of that time. Um, you know, Blink-182 and Linkin Park. And I had seen them both independently of one another plenty of times. But the fact that they were going to do a collaboration and the tour was called Blinkin' Park. I mean, it doesn't get any more fucking perfect than that. And um, obviously, I didn't get to see that show. So yep. that's that's not going to always be number one. Um, number two, I would love to see Guns N' Roses uh, live. Um, I don't know what it is. It just, maybe it's that old nostalgic eighties, you know, and I know it won't ever be what it was then, you know, they're all older and whatever, but I'd still love to, to do it. Still a great show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there's bands I'd like to see, you know, that I haven't seen, um, just to do it, you know, like U2 or REM or, um, or, um, you know, any, any of the, the black crows I never got to see live. Like, so there's definitely a handful of artists that I'd like to see if I had the opportunity, but guns would be a black, a bucket list thing for sure. Um, and I would have to say if I could go back like and see one again, it'd be like we, when we saw corn disturbed and trust company together, oh, that yep. was an, epic show um and if i could put limp biscuit in there with that like if i could make my own lineup you know make put my own like if i could do my own tour so i saw limp biscuit uh, and eminem actually opened for limp biscuit which was wild um but that was cool it was like eminem and then it was like red and meth uh method man and then biscuit um but if i could go do a show like to a show with a lineup it would be hands down like blink lincoln park uh limp biscuit corn disturbed trust company breaking benjamin those would be like that would be my life like those are my ultimate Hmm. i don't know if it counts as number three but it hey real or assembled for the conversation i'd really like to see limp biscuit again before they're all said and done and they're old and they sound like the last time I saw them was with you. We went to the pony yep. and that, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> it was so awesome. That was uh, that was a, that was a wild show. It, yeah. That's, that's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now, now the hard work. As though that wasn't hard enough. Now the hard work. I'll say Woodstock too. I would have loved to go to Woodstock. I didn't do that. Okay. When it when it came around, when we had the chance, we were like seniors in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It wasn't I don't know if it was a money thing or my parents were dead against it, but I would have loved to go to Woodstock. All right, but anyways, go ahead. How has music saved you? Um, I've thought about this question for a few months, actually, since the show, you started doing the show Mm -hmm. and I've listened to some of the other guests you've had on, uh, you know, their responses and 
when I hear that question, like how has music saved you? Or when I hear the title of the show, the music that saved me, I think automatically you think like, how did it bring you up out of the trenches, right? Like how did it save your life? How did it um, prevent you from doing something harmful? That's like what immediately comes to mind. But your first show, music yep. saved that guest by, but with a career opportunity, mm-hmm. just being in the right place at the right time um, without the appropriate credentials, but with a load of talent, just an opportunity presented itself and he was there to take advantage of it and then made a career out of being, you know, music teacher, band instructor, whatever it was. So, um, and essentially that saved him because it was, you know, but it didn't, it wasn't like a depression thing, a suicidal thing. It was like music saved him in a way because it, it offered him the ability. Um, I'm going to say music saves me. Um, it is the one thing that is a constant besides dead silence that I can Mm -hmm. turn to at any given moment and reset. Um, It provides a balance. And most of the time I have to listen to it loudly. Like when I really am into it, I, it has to be cranked up, whether it's in my ears, in the car, in the house, I get yelled at all the time. Can you turn it down (laughs) just a little bit? Like, no, no, this is a fucking thumping chorus like or this is a thumping beat or whatever it is like it has to be played loud um if i'm angry if i'm upset if i'm sad if i'm you know lonely if i'm you know any of those things whatever the genre is that i turn to like it's it's the one thing besides silence that Mm -hmm. i would say just brings me back to center and um you know and then i can you know what i mean deep breath yep. breathe out and then Kinda. and then i'm right and then i'm good to go yep so i would say that and and it saved me in that way a number of times i mean call it juvenile now looking back as as a 40 year old you know back to 20 years to you know 20 plus years ago in the high school and college days um yeah there were breakups you know and there was there was songs that you associated those times with or those people with and there was lyrics and mixtapes and all that um yep you know so i think yeah for sure and so as time's gone on you know i think in different situations you know lincoln park was one um you know going through a lot of stuff through the beginning of college um being away from home being away from my you know my my girlfriend at the time uh, turning a certain music brought me comfort, you know. Um, it's this, this is weird, but sometimes when I like, I don't know. So I, I, I seriously miss like Chester Bennington and Lincoln Park. Like, mm. um, to, to, words to, just don't. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just the, the talent, and then and what we as fans were all robbed of you know because it it was only continuing to get better um i have listened to that album one more light 
Oh. I mean, so many times and in a different light than I listened to anything else put out by Lincoln Park before uh, he passed away. So in it, it's like, it's sad and it hurts and it's depressing, mm-hmm. but like it almost kind of brings me back to the moment of anger when, when I found out what had happened that yep. day in my truck and listening to the, to that album, especially, but it brings me back like where I can be like close to that artist and close to that band. And in that moment, and then like kind of really feeling those lyrics. Um, but what I found interesting is when I've gone back to listen to a lot of the older stuff, like it's almost like the, like the roadmap was there. You know, like every song, if you, if you really listen to the lyrics, you may not have thought it then, but now that he's gone, it, every song is, was a cry for help. Every song was his count of his life and what he was going through every single song. It's amazing. Um, how you see it in a, in a different light now than you, than you did then. Um, so sometimes I listen to that and it saves me in the moment because then I kind of remember like how bad it could be, you know, and then my shit's not nearly as bad in, you know, relative, you know, to that. Um, but yeah, I would say there's not like one in particular instance, but there's definitely times where music gets you through, but it's my, it's definitely a go-to and people listen to podcasts in the car. Um, I live in a crazy house. I got kids everywhere. So I like it when it's quiet, when it's quiet. I'm like, wow, what's that? Oh, nothing. That's amazing. Um, but gotta have music. Well, I greatly appreciate you joining. Absolutely. And uh and for sharing your uh deepest darkest, especially the closet song. <laughs> yep, we heard that. Um, it's funny you mention all of the looking back at the lyrics of Lincoln Park and and stuff with Chester and all that cuz that may tie into anyway you'll have to tune into the network for more on that so that's a little uh audio blue balls but um we thank you for stopping by another episode of the music that saved me exclusively here on the fourth wall pop network uh please like share subscribe check out some of the other episodes check out the other shows including Little little show you may recognize some voices on the Smoke and Jays. A mm-hmm. um, couple uh, couple shows on there, along with that one. So swing on by, take a listen, follow at Fourth Wall Pop for all your updates on the network. And until then, we will catch you next time. Peace. <laughs>